Hey there, Schmodown fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer here, and I have a big day of uh, talking about the Schmodown. The Collision 3 has taken place, and I am going to break down all four matches, plus I'm going to talk a little bit about the pre-show and the post-show and some other stuff that happened during this event. It was an amazing event. It's one of one of my favorite, actually, uh, big events that the Schmodown has done. Uh, so four solid matches, great stuff. I'm so excited to talk about it. So, you know what I always say, let's get ready to talk Schmodown. All right, everybody. Uh, I again, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. Head over there, follow. Uh, I, I post all kinds of stuff. We have a few different podcasts rolling, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. This event, the Schmodown Collision Three, was like I said uh, before the music went off, one of the best events that I have seen. This was a fantastic show. Four amazing matches, great competitors, people just fighting and and clawing and scratching to get every point that they can, and it was amazing. I I, I can't wait to get in uh, to everything uh, with you guys. Uh, Before we start, uh, I just had one really little thing that I wanted to actually mention. Uh, I went down today before uh, doing this recording, checked my mailbox, and in it, was my collectible print from the Schmodown. So if anybody uh, is interested, if you sign up for the $15 tier, or uh, I'm sure if you sign up for some of the higher ones, it's included in that. But at least for the $15 tier, every month you get a collectible uh, movie trivia Schmodown print done exclusively by uh, Brian Ward. This month is the uh, Patriots versus Above the Line Tag Team Championship Iron Man match from back last year, July 18th, 2018. Uh, it's a fantastic looking print. It's got all four competitors on the front Jeff Snyder, JTE, uh, Drew McWeeny, and Sam Levine. It's got the Movie Trivia Schmodown Classic Match logo. It's, it's in this kind of like blue and gold tone, which I really like. And uh, it's it's on this like satin sheen paper, which I actually think is my favorite so far uh, of all the ones that they have sent, because they started off uh, doing glossy, and then last month because uh, they were switching over to a new uh, distributor, I guess for these for these prints, uh, they did it was kind of like a paper uh, kind of met. There was no sheen, no 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 anything on the actual top. Uh, But this one has a satin sheen on it, and it's really nice. What, Faith? And then uh, if you turn it around, there's actually some stuff on the back. Uh, now, when they first started doing these, what they were doing was uh, they were printing all of the, I think, $2 and up patrons' names on the back. And, I mean, that, that was cool. But to be honest, there are so many patrons that it, the print had to be so small 
that honestly, I needed a magnifying glass just to find my own name. So it really, I mean, it was cool to have your name on the back of it, but I don't think it was really worth, uh, you know, I don't think it was really worth it in, in my opinion. Um, but then, uh, I believe it was last month's print, they, they actually put like the scorecard on the back where it broke down, uh, I believe it was the uh, Dan Merle-John Roca match and where Roca won the title. And they broke down all five rounds like with scores and everything like that on there. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, well, for this month, since it's an Iron Man match, you know, you don't want to do that because that'd be that would take up the whole thing trying to break down every every little uh, essentially question that they that they had to you know answer because there was tons of them. Uh, so what they did here is they have a couple of images from the match, which I think is really cool. Uh, and then like they put the the score real big, uh, kind of toward the middle, fifty seven to forty eight above the line. Uh, it was a crazy match. I love that match. If you guys haven't actually watched that one, go back and check out that Iron Man match. Uh, it's really a cool print. And if if art prints and, and stuff like that is, is something that you are really interested in, I highly recommend signing up for that $15 tier. It gets you all the stuff from the $10 tier. So you get all the live streams, all that good stuff. But then you also get these uh, prints every month. And you know what? To me... It's totally worth it. I absolutely love getting them in the mail every month. It's uh, a little piece of the schmodown that I can have for myself way out here, uh, away from, from California. Uh, I am nowhere near. So it, it, it's really nice to get these, and uh, I highly recommend it. So if, uh, if you haven't done that, get on that, grab that $15 tier, and get your prints today. All right. So now we are going to get into... The Schmodown Collision 3. We're going to start with the pre-show. Uh, it was Emma and Ken. Uh, they were in the uh, Inside Schmodown set. It wasn't, I'll be honest, the pre-show did not have very good uh, audio or visual quality. I'm assuming it's just because of the live stream uh, capability there. I mean, they're just sitting there with a laptop and like a little snowball mic. Uh, so, so I get that. Um, so... You kind of got to take it, you know, because all of their equipment for, you know, all their like live streaming equipment, and all that good stuff, that's off, you know, in the studio where they're getting set up to actually do the matches and everything. So I get it. Um, and it, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was just something that was very noticeable while watching it. The audio quality and the visual, uh, visual quality, not that great. Um, so Emma and Ken, like I said, they were out there. Uh, they were joined by a lot of different guests. You had Janine the Machine. Uh, she was out there first. Then we had uh, like Mark Ellis, Chance Ellison, uh, Kevin Smets, Rachel Cushing, Grace Hancock, uh, Mark Andreka, who apparently it was his birthday on that Saturday. So uh, happy belated birthday to you, Mark Andreko. Uh, and And Jay Washington was also there. Um, they answered a bunch of questions from the fans. Uh, they uh, were utilizing the super chat. For those of you who don't know, um, when you're doing live uh, chats and stuff like that, uh, you can uh, do what's called a super chat, where you donate a certain amount of money. You know, it could probably be like a dollar or whatever, um, and they give priority to those. Obviously, you know, if you're paying, you know, makes sense. You, they're going to give priority. It's just another way to, uh, you know, to donate and, and give patronage to the Schmodown, and they were also answering questions from people who weren't donating, you know, it was just that they would give priority to those who did, which makes total sense to me. Uh, they talked a lot about the collision, of course, 
Uh, and they're just kind of having a good time. You know, I really enjoyed it. I like that they've been trying new things with these uh, pre-shows, with the openings. They've done different things. I remember, you know, they had like Brad Gilmore uh, during an event doing stuff. He's out there uh, in the back at a table. I think it was the the table incident, like the second um, uh, uh, Andrew Guy table incident uh, thing, the, the second tackle. Uh, so, you know, Brad's out there doing his thing. They have, you know, they used to do ones where they're just like wandering around the back, you know, where everybody's just kind of mingling and they're talking to people. They've done lots of different things. I think they're just trying to find their footing on how they want to, you know, do these pre-shows and maybe they'll just keep, keep kind of mixing it up. And I kind of like that, you know, mix it up. Don't just do the exact same thing all the time. Uh, I like the idea of them kind of mixing it up. Uh, you know, and it's easy for um, to, to to use the inside Schmodown set when they're in studio. You know, so that that's that's fine. It's totally a, a great way to do it. I think uh, I do. Uh, you kind of miss the, the the mingle where you're just kind of going through the back where you know everybody's just kind of chilling out, uh, and you see you know random competitors just walking by behind. I always think that's really cool. Uh, you know, you see people just kind of eating some snacks, this, that, the other. You know, getting some chips. Alex Marzonia, some chips, you know. Uh, uh, but I, I like that. But I also did like, you know, the Inside Schmodown part of it. And since they're doing, you know, Inside Schmodown, you know, every week, you know, they did this with the Houston show. They did a live Inside Schmodown from Inside the Ring. So it makes sense that they would do it this way. I just kind of hope that they, they mix it up a little bit here and there as well. Um... Mark Ellis, uh, he, he did some, uh, uh, hold on, <laughs> this, like I said, this was a good, a good pre-show, I really enjoyed it, uh, I, I liked, like I said, that they're trying new things, um, and one thing that I that I kind of pulled away from the pre-show is that uh, Mark Ellis's stand-up special should be out by the end of the summer. So I'm really excited for that. I hope that it's released either like digitally or on like DVD or Blu-ray or some something where you know I can I can you know buy it and, and check it out because I actually really I've never gotten the chance to see Ellis do his stand-up and I would love to see this uh, hour-long special that he's been that he worked on. Uh, and see how it came out and, and everything. I think that would be really cool to check out. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, he said, like I said, by the end of the summer. All right. So now we're going to get into the Schmodown Collision 3. This event was something else. I am so excited. Uh, so we start off with an opening scene. We have Kevin Smets and Kaiser in the back. Uh, they're getting pumped for his match against uh, Kalinowski. Kaiser leaves. Mike comes up, and they kind of do like a face-off. They're, you know, squaring off with one another, trying to get in each other's heads. Um, I, I, it makes me wonder. Do you know? Did Mike get in Kevin's head at all? I don't know. It looks like a little something going on there. So I guess once we talk about the match, we'll see what happened. Uh, then we got a second scene. Had Tom Dagnino, he and he enters the building, and he and he's approached by Kaiser. Maybe that's where Kaiser uh, went off to. He kind of took off, and this is the natural progression of that scene. Uh, they they say that their competitor will win in the uh, manager bowl that's taking place. Then Jay Washington steps up and says that you know that Janine will win. They're all very confident that their competitor will win. 
Uh, and you know what? As, as far as managers go, that that's how it should be. You should always be confident in your players that your players will win in, no matter what the situation is. Uh, after Jay uh, walks off, Tom asks Kaiser if the dungeon is a sweatshop. I thought that was a really funny line, especially the way that Tom delivers these lines. He is incredible on the mic. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He is is one of the best on-camera on personalities that I have ever seen in the Schmodown. It is something else. He is wild, and I absolutely love uh, watching Tom Bagnino. Even if some of his antics at times uh, are a little over the top, I still love watching him do his thing. So then we got a third scene. Had Dan uh, Merle and John Roca in the back talking about their match. Uh... Assuming Roca. Okay. I'm going to start that over. You had uh, Dan Merle and, and John Roca in the back talking about uh, you know Roca's match. You know that they're confident that you know they're gonna you know he's gonna win this and they're gonna be able to you know have control over the league for a month. Uh, Roca asks Dan uh, if he's feeling good about Tom and Ben, and he says yes. You know then uh, Ben and Tom they approach. Uh, and apparently Dan and Ben won't be at you know they won't be at the event, uh, so you find out right then and there that uh, Dan Merle and Ben Bateman aren't going to be there. So that was a little bit sad uh, to find that out. Um, but you know it is what it is. That's, you got the horsemen. You got five of them. You got plenty of people there. It doesn't as long as Tom and Roca are there for that match. It doesn't really matter uh, because it, it's it's Roca playing and it's Tom. Uh, on, on the line there, so I guess you know when it comes to that, it doesn't necessarily matter for this one. So when we get into things. Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis are on the desk uh, for huge matches, and they are ready to call these crazy matches uh, right now. But before we get into it, we got one more scene before it all gets started. Scene number four: Eric Zipper in the back. He's doubting himself. He, you know, he, he's not sure if he can do this. Kaiser comes up. A lot of stuff. A lot of Kaiser in these scenes. Three out of the four scenes involved Kaiser uh, in in one way or another. Uh, like I said, Kaiser comes up to him. He reassures him that he chose him for this match for a reason, and that he's going to go out there and he's going to do great things. And uh, we will see how he does as the first match up is the manager bowl. Uh, they start off with a nice promo package, and it is cut extremely well. I absolutely love it. I believe uh, these promos are done by Nerd Chronic, by Eric uh, at Nerd Chronic. I believe. Uh, it, you know, uh, tell me if I if I'm mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think that's who who does these promos, and uh, they this particularly this manageable promo. It is cut so perfectly well. I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite promos of the night. Uh, so uh, kudos to you, uh, Eric, if, if you are the one who uh, cut that promo. If not, whoever did cut that promo, uh, congratulations. It was fantastic. So we start off match number one, the Manager Bowl. I, I love these. 
uh, the, these, these manager bowls, manager bowl, the uh, commissioner bowl, these types of things. They're fascinating. You get to see people that you wouldn't normally see kind of competing against each other. Uh, you know, you, I just, I don't know. I, I've always found it interesting to, to, to see. And I'm curious as to how they'll kind of up it uh, in, in, for next year. You know, what they'll do if they'll maybe do another type of commissioner bowl or just another manager bowl and just some other weird stipulation. Who knows? But I'm interested to see. So the manager bowl has John Roca. Uh, representing uh, Tom Dagnino and the Horsemen, Stacy Howard representing uh, Corruption, Janine the Machine representing Jay Washington, Eric Zipper representing Kaiser, and Drew McWeeny representing Robert Meyer Burnett. Uh, Eric Zipper is out first with his whole faction with him. I like seeing that. You know, this is the dungeon. They are a unit. You know, so you had Paul Oyama, Kevin Smets, Kaiser, all coming out with Eric Zipper. I really liked seeing uh, everybody coming out with them. Uh, next up was Stacy Howard. She comes out with most of Corruption. No Tim Franco. He hasn't been around for a while, which I get. He, you know, he's from I think Arizona uh, with you know the, the uh, late to the party guys, uh, and I believe that's where he's from. So it, it makes sense that Tim's not going to be there all the time. Um, though the fact that it was Stacy, it's a little sad that he wasn't there since he is her tag team partner. It would have been kind of nice to have uh, had him come out for this big event and, and had him be with the, the crew. Uh, KO and Smets uh, kind of get in each other's faces uh, after Stacy comes out. Christian, he's not having any of it. And uh, he boots uh, both of... Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> he boots both of them from the arena, you know, until their their match. He says, "Get get out of here!" And he threatens to boot Kaiser out if he doesn't comply uh, with uh, you know with Christian's decree. So it was crazy stuff going on. Match hasn't even officially started yet. Then out comes Janine with uh, Jay Washington. Uh, and she's rocking a fake boombox. It was, really, was kind of cool. I was like, I want to know where they got this fake boombox from. It's like cardboard-looking boombox. Uh, and, and it also made me wonder, like, could you have gotten a real boombox? Like, I know that those style boomboxes may be a little harder to find, but you could definitely just pick up, like, a normal boombox from, uh, like, Walmart or something. I, I mean, I work at a Walmart, and, and we sell those. Like just like a normal style boombox, so I think you know that would have been kind of cool. But you know this 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 uh, kind of cardboard, uh, uh, 3D like old school looking uh, big big boombox that you keep up on your shoulder. I, I dug the look of it, and it was really I thought it was really kind of cool. So uh, I, I really liked that. Uh, then out comes Drew McWeeny with uh, Robert Mar Burnett. Uh, Burnett, he is so excited and full of energy, and it causes this like huge smile on Drew's face, which is always fun to see. He's such a like a serious kind of guy, uh, McWeeny is, and so it's nice to see him just kind of crack a smile and uh, and kind of break that way. I really dug it, and and Burnett, he has just been full of life ever since he came back to the Schmodown. I've loved seeing him back so you know this this was exciting 
And then finally, out comes John Roca with Tom Dagnino and a giant glass chalice of what I'm assuming was wine. It looked like wine, and that's what I'm going to go with. So, uh, and, you know, so Roca's out there with his big old glass of wine, enjoying himself, getting ready for this match. So then we get into it. Round one. This was a pretty tight round. Um, really, only a couple of points between any of the competitors. No big upsets. No big losses here. Um, Stacy was having issues with two separate markers right off the bat. Uh, so they finally, they got her a good marker. Um, And, and, and Roka actually wound up being the only one to get a perfect round uh, this game. You know, so he got his solid eight points. Then, um... Then Zipper, uh... Then Zipper, Janine, and Drew all got seven, while Stacy trailed a little bit behind with six. Like I said, nothing crazy, you know. Between uh, Stacy and Roca, it was only a two-point difference, which isn't isn't that bad, really. If you think about it, all all five players were performing pretty solid solidly uh, during this first round. Uh, so, like I said, Roca did get a perfect round, so he was given the op- the opportunity for a bonus question. However, Roka did miss the bonus question uh, because he answered the changeling instead of just changeling. Uh, Roka understood, as this has become a rule that they developed during the last rules summit, it's a bummer, but it's fair. Uh, you know, and like I said, he understood. You could tell he was like, oh, okay, I, I understand. Uh, I, I, I know that there was that whole thing with thing and the thing. Uh, a while back, and that was one of the reasons that they uh, created this rule. Um, so it, it's just a steadfast rule. If it's if it's a single word uh, answer like this, so it would be the changeling, you have to have the, the word the, not just changeling. I get it. And since, like I said, since it's become a rule that they set in stone at the, rules, the last rules summit, uh, I, I think, you know... That that's totally fine. There's no controversy. No no anything there. It's it's that's just what it is. And Roka understood that. Uh, I'm glad that he didn't like throw like a like a fit about it or anything like that. He 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 understood and I and I dig that. So that ended round one. We had like I said, Roka with eight, uh, Zipper, Janine, and Drew with seven. Stacy with six. Going into round two, uh, Roka defers. Drew defers. Janine defers. And Zipper defers. Going all the way down the line, giving it to Stacy Howard, who spins Spinner's Choice, the first of many in this game, uh, in this in this uh, entire event. Uh, a lot of them going down here. Uh, she takes Romcoms, which uh, I, which I thought was perfect for her. You know, it's, it's something that I know is one of her strengths. So uh, I, I it was really not a surprise, but. Um, 
something I, I wanted to kind of comment on uh, about the wheel is I thought it was really weird to see spinner's choice and opponent's choice right next to each other. I've never seen that. Usually they're on opposite sides of the wheel, but this time they're literally right up against one another. Uh, Stacy almost hit opponent's choice, but then it ticked right, you know, one pass getting into spinner's choice. So that was, I, I don't know why they decided to do that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that was uh, like someone specifically was like, you know, we want to see how that goes and try it out or something weird like that. I don't know. Um, I know that uh, this kind of getting ahead of myself, but during the uh, post show, somebody asks that question, but Emma uh, and and Ken don't understand what they're asking because they say, "Why were uh, OC and SC uh, right next to each other?" and they didn't understand uh, what what they were asking, and they had you know they had to move on. They had limited time. They got a bunch of guests coming in and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I I I understood what the what they were asking. And had the, the exact same question. Why were they next to each other? Uh, I don't know. So, like I said, Stacy is up first. Uh, she misses her first two questions. Uh, in the first one, Janine, Drew, and Roca are able to get the two-point steal. Uh, Zipper, unfortunately not. Um, honestly, she should have used multiple choice here. I was literally screaming at my television saying use multiple choice like i don't understand i don't know if it's just that she hasn't played in a bit um i she also spun from the pegs and (laughs) i feel like she just hasn't like kind of been in it in a in, in a bit and maybe hasn't been keeping up hasn't been watching even uh so i don't know maybe things are slipping when it comes to stacy and i hope that she's able to get back on track if she really wants a run uh, in, in any significance in the Schmodown in the future. Uh, like I said, she went on and missed her second question. Nobody was able to get a steal here. But again, use your multiple choice. You know, you don't, if, if you, unless you are super confident that you know the answer, use the multiple choice. Just, just, you know, I mean, I know sometimes you want to take a calculated risk if you think you know the answer. But if you don't know, just use the damn multiple choice. You gotta remember it is a str- it is a tool. Janine, Drew, and Roca would not have gotten two extra points. They would have each only gotten one if she had gone to the multiple choice. And maybe she would have gotten the question right. Maybe she would have been able to guess from the multiple choice. I don't know, uh, but we'll never know because she didn't do it. Maybe she would have walked away with more points here if she had gone to multiple choice in both these instances. Uh, luckily, she did get her uh, third question correct for two points, uh, and she ends uh, her portion of the round with uh, eight points, still behind uh, most of the competitors, unfortunately. So, now and that's not a great place to be, but there's a lot of opportunity for her uh, for steals and things like that, seeing, seeing as she went first. Uh, so, you know, it's it's not over. Uh, so then we move on to the next portion. Uh, again, everybody defers, and it ends up at Zipper, who spins Action Adventure and decides to stay with it. And he does okay. He gets his first two questions right for two points each. Uh, but then with his last question, he goes multiple choice, misses, and, and everyone is able to, to get that one point steal off of him. And he ends his portion of the round with 11 points, uh, and, and Stacy gets that extra point. So... Uh, right now, at this point, we've got Eric with 11, 
uh, Stacy with nine, Janine and uh, Drew with ten, and Roka with eleven as well. So we move on to the next one. Roka defers, and McWeeny decides he'll just go up, and he spins new releases and respins to you got it, Spinner's Choice, the second of the evening, and he takes '80s movies. So, you know, that, that makes sense. He loves those decades, 70s and 80s and stuff like that. He loves uh, hitting those. Um, but surprisingly, he only gets two out of the three. He answers his first two for two points apiece. He almost did not get the first one. He, he really had to pull it out. Um, and then he missed his third question. Uh, and nobody was able to capitalize on it. So, you know, I guess... It doesn't really, it's, it's not that big of a deal that he missed since no one else was able to capitalize, but he did miss. So, you know, he only was able to, to get four out of the six points there, uh, ending his portion of the round with 14 points. So, at that point, it takes him in, in, into the lead above the rest of the competitors. So then uh, we get down to the penultimate spin. Uh, Roka defers, Janine goes up, and yet again we get our third Spinner's Choice of the evening. So that's so far three out of the four competitors have gotten Spinner's Choice this uh, during this match. And she takes MCU movies and nails all three of her questions for five total points. Uh, she goes multiple choice on her third question and, and hits it, ending uh, her portion of the round with 15, taking her into the lead above Drew McWeeny, who just landed 14 and now it is time for John Roca, who spins action adventure. He has to respin because that was already taken. He hits 80s, has to respin again. Uh, then, land, then he uh, lands on Spielberg movies and hesitantly stays. He is able to uh, get all three of his questions correct, although he had to go to multiple choice on all of them. So he only managed to get three out of six points uh, during this tying himself with Drew McWeeny at 14. So at this point, the end of round two, uh, it's 11 points for Eric Zipper, uh, 9 for Stacy, 15 for Janine, who's in the lead, uh, and 14 for both uh, Drew McWeeny and John Roca. This was a tough round for Roca, I think. But he, like I said, he pulled out all three answers. And Janine, killing it. And she's in the lead going into round number three. So... We get into round three, and it's a it's a bit of a back and forth. You have Stacy and Zip going back and forth, getting their twos, getting their threes. Uh, then Drew comes up, he gets his two. Roka misses his two, so that right there, that's like that's not a great sign, um, especially when everybody else has hit their two. Uh, you know that's not a place you want to be. You know you you weren't in the lead, um, and and you don't want to be missing that. Uh, that, that first two-point question, which is supposed to be the easiest of the three. Uh, Roka luckily is able to hit his three. Then uh, it goes back to Stacy for her five, which, holy shit, she pulled that out of nowhere. Boom! She hits that five-pointer. It was fantastic. Go back and watch that. just that. Just watch her hit that five-pointer. Uh, it was fantastic to see. Uh, then Janine, uh, it's over to her finally. She hits her two-pointer. Um, and then it's over to uh, Eric Zipper, who for his five, and he unfortunately misses. 
and is eliminated here uh, with a total of, I believe, 22. Uh, let me double check. He uh, ends his round 11 with, uh, oh no, with 16 points, which I'll be honest, isn't bad. He made it all the way. He stayed pretty close to to, to most of his competitors, and uh, made it all the way to his fifth or his third question in round uh, in round three to his five pointer. I gotta say, I was impressed with Eric Zipper th- this game. Um, I think that him and uh, Paul Paul Oyama, I think they have a shot at uh, doing some great things in the tag team division. And I really am looking forward to uh, what they can do. I think Kaiser found himself a pretty decent player as long as he can keep his head on straight. And I think Kaiser can do that. And hopefully Kaiser and Paul together can help keep uh, uh, Zipper together so he doesn't fall apart. Uh, Then it moves over to uh, Drew who gets his three-pointer. And then over to Janine who also gets her three-pointer. Now at this point... Uh, Stacy should have been uh, eliminated here. Um, Point-wise, she had uh, 19 points uh, at this point. So she and she, like when she answered after she answered her five-pointer, she had 19 points. Uh, but after Janine answers her three, because she got both her two and her three, that put her at 20 points. So that right there should have knocked Stacy out, but it, it it didn't. Like they didn't they didn't eliminate her at that at that junction. Uh, so it goes over to Roca for his five pointer. He misses, and that's when they announce uh, that both Roca and Stacy uh, have been eliminated. Like I said, she should have been eliminated the question before that after Janine answered, but you know it didn't happen. It, you know it is what it is. Uh, but like I said, uh, Roca is eliminated after he missed his five-pointer. He only ended up with 17 points this game, uh, which isn't bad, but the fact that he missed his two and his five, that was a rough round three for uh, for, for John Roca. You know, he had a rough round two, getting, you know, having, getting stuck with having to do all multiple choice there, uh, and then had a rough round three after having a stellar round one, you know, so you never know what's going to happen in the schmodown you know you could have the best round one of your life but then everything can just kind of fall apart in the in the remaining rounds so uh never never get too cocky when uh when you're playing this game then uh it goes uh back over to drew for his five pointer and then it comes down to janine the machine for her five point question if she hits it she wins the manager bowl, and Jay Washington gets control of the league for a month. If she loses, Drew Mc- or if she misses, Drew McWeenie uh, gets control or uh, wins the match, and Robert Meyer Burnett gets control of uh, this ma- of this uh, league for the month. And unfortunately, Janine the Machine misses her five point question, ending the match. Uh, Drew McWeenie with twenty four points. And uh, Janine the Machine with 19 points. This was a hell of a, 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 of a friggin' match. Drew McWeeny wins. Robert Meyer Burnett and the family are now in charge of the league for a month, which uh, I'll talk about later when that will actually start. Everybody did exceptionally well. 
Uh, like I was, I was talking about Eric Zipper, how he, how well he did. Uh, Stacy and Roca both did very well, but Janine is the one I want to talk a little bit about. She just blew it out of the water for me. Uh, she did so fantastic here, um, and I gotta say, I am thrilled that how well she did. I really think we may see some. Uh, uh, title uh picture for janine uh in the future here maybe uh maybe with the tournament coming up maybe she'll plow through that i i mean i i I have a lot of faith that janine can really rise up and uh and possibly take that title man or at least get get close and become one of those top tier high echelon players uh that that everybody talks about so i'm thrilled and we'll get to see a whole lot of her uh, uh, for you know this upcoming week, it's like Janine week. I'll talk about more of that at the end of the show when I go over what uh, I'll be covering next week. But we got like a Janine week coming up uh, this 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 week, so keep an eye out for that. So in the back, Robert Meyer Burnett he vows that there will be some big changes uh, during his month in charge. So I'm pretty interested to see what uh, what goes down with that. You know, I mean, you've got Robert Meyer Burnett, you've got. Andrew Guy, Drew McWeeny, you know, all these people who, uh, you know, big personalities, and they want what they want. And being in charge, I think they're going to get what they want. Uh, You know, maybe some good tag team match. Maybe they'll get uh, an automatic tag team title match or something. I don't know how it's going to work. I'm sure Christian can veto stuff since he's still above... Above him, above uh, Burnett, but I, I'm interested to see where it all goes down. We then get a mid, like a like a mid card uh, scene with uh, Ken and Grace in the back. Kaiser comes up and they and they go back and forth about who's going to win this uh, inner geekdom match. All three of them, I gotta say, are fantastic on the mic. It is so great to see Grace back in the schmodown. She is a natural uh, on the mic. Her and, and playing this kind of heel persona, it is. I, I she's like she was made for. It. I absolutely love seeing her uh, do stuff. And her and Ken kind of, you know, uh, being able to play off of one another, it's gold. Uh, I, 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 that's a, that's a, I mean that's really all I got to say. It's absolute gold. And I hope that they uh, are able to continue uh, with as much uh, amazingness as they have been so far. So we get into match number two, which is the match that I was most anticipating. The Mike Kalinowski versus Kevin Smets Inner Geekdom number one contender match. The winner will face uh, Rachel Cushing at San Diego Comic-Con in just like three weeks, uh, I believe. So uh, that, that's coming up real quick. Kevin Smets is out first with the whole dungeon, just like when Eric Zipper came out. Smets comes out and, and his whole crew is with him, and I love that. Uh, Kalinowski is out second with the Corruption crew. Again, like I said, no, no Tim Franco, but that's fine. Uh, and sporting a new theme song by none other than David B. Uh, he, has, he is an occasional uh, uh, guest host. On uh, the other podcast that I produce here called uh, After Live, it is a Collider Live after show. He pops on there every once in a while. I know we're working on uh, getting him in for uh, another 
like kind of shorter interview to talk about the process of kind of making these theme songs and, and how how he got involved with that and how it's been uh, doing this kind of stuff. So I'll, uh, keep your eyes and ears out for that. It's a great song, by the way, David. Fantastic stuff. So for this match, uh, I have been championing uh, Kevin Smets for a while now. I I'm a huge Mike Kalinowski fan. I, I've I've loved the guy for a long time. I have had uh, all the faith in him for a very long time, but I I I honestly thought that uh, Kevin Smets, you know, he had Mike Kalinowski's number uh, during you know this match, uh, you know, leading up to this match. I just I, I felt it. Um, uh, for those of you who have watched, you you know, unfortunately that did not quite happen. But it's it's really not. It's less to me. It's less about who won the match. And more about how they played the match. Because both of these competitors played a stellar match. This is one of one of the best matches of the year, I think. It's definitely uh, best match. Definitely uh, a best match contender for, for the Schmodown Awards, so uh, I really I really dug that. Uh, so we get into round one. Um, so okay, they had a stellar match overall, but their round one was a little bit lacking. Uh, they both had a little bit of a rough start. It wasn't insanely bad or anything like that, but it was a little bit rough. When you have players like Mike Kalinowski and Kevin Smith, you expect eight, nine, maybe even perfect rounds uh, uh, from, from these guys. But you wind up uh, six to seven in favor of uh, Kevin Smets. He, he, you know, he's... You know, it, 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 it wasn't a horrible round, seven points, but when you look at it, it's out of ten, so, you know, six out of ten, seven out of ten. It's 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 not quite where you want to be. That's kind of like getting like a five or six out of eight, you know, in normal play. You know, that's kind of mid-range. You know, you want to be, you know, elite players should be getting a little higher than that. But, you know, the thing about it is they both were having an off an off round. So it's not like it tore like one player got kind of torpedoed by them by their you know having an off day or something. And during this round, like about halfway through, we got our first challenge of the night. Uh, Kevin Smets uh, put down uh, X twenty four for his answer, thinking that the question was talking about the adult clone of Wolverine because it was like you know the feral. But I'm pretty sure it says you know the feral younger clone, but. You can take that as younger as in he was just created, so technically he's younger. And I think the clone himself is younger, like age-wise. Like he's not he's not cloned up to the old age of, of Logan. So he is technically younger. Um, but it, I think the way the question needed to be asked was the maybe like the feral younger female clone. You know, uh, and then it would have been because they were looking for X-23. Um, but the way the question was asked, 
it was X-20. It could have been either X-23 or X-24. Um, and they accepted the answer. You know, they, they said it, you know, because like I said, the, the, the wording of the question could, could have gone to either. So they, they accepted the answer and awarded him the points. So I thought that was really cool. That's, that challenge is what allowed him to take the lead here at the end of uh, round one and going into round two. So, um, you know, yeah. And I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, I as I as I watch these matches, I'm sure just like most other people, I try to see how many I can answer myself. I actually tied with Smets this round, which I was real happy about. Um, Getting seven points out of ten for me, I was like, "Yeah, that was pretty awesome." But I was shocked that I I was able to tie uh, Smets and and beat Kalinowski in that first round. Um, I did not do as well in the second and third round, but that first round I, I was very pleased with. So uh, we go into round two. Kevin Smets spins DC movies, decides that's not quite what he wants, respins. And lands on the other side of DC, the DCEU. And he is able to uh, sweep his uh, sweep all the questions, getting all five correct. Uh, he had to go to multiple choice once, so he winds up with uh, 9 out of 10 total points, uh, ending his portion of the round 6 to 16. You know, it, it shows that he, he's got the knowledge for these things. He, he, he knows what he's talking about. Um, but then we head into Mike's round, and he gets, you got it, Spinner's Choice. If you're keeping track, this is number four for the night. The fourth Spinner's Choice of the night. And he takes what uh, Kevin Smets did not want, DC movies. And he plows through, getting all five for ten points, tying the game 16-16. to 16. This was incredible to me. They may have had a lackluster uh, first round, a little bit on the weaker side, but they totally made up for it in their second round. Just blasting through all 10 questions, no problems. Like I said, just one multiple choice, and that was it. And they just plowed through it, tying up the game at the end here. I thought that was fantastic. And it's like one of the best places you want to be going into round three, at least for uh, for the viewer I think it's probably the best place you want to be is um, is, is having it be a tie game. So I, I thought that was fascinating. So we get into round three, and they just kind of go back and forth. Kevin and Mike both get their twos, then they get their threes, then it comes down to the final questions. Kevin Smith's five-point question. Uh, the question, I believe, was uh, what were the final words uh, of Green Goblin in uh, the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man film? I, you know, that's paraphrasing. I believe I believe that's what the question was. Uh, and he says, uh, "Don't tell Peter." And right away, he knows he he was wrong. Because um, for one, it doesn't make sense. He's talking to Peter. He knows that that Spider-Man is Peter at this point in the movie. And, you know, the question, the answer was don't tell Harry. Uh, so, like I said, he knows, he knows that he, he screwed up here. And it was a hard miss. And he, like I said, he knew it. And it's the thing that costs him the match because Mike goes on and hits his five-point question without a problem. 
giving him the win 26 to 21. Holy shit, what a match this was, man. This was just a crazy, crazy match. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it and will definitely be watching that match again uh, uh, you know, a- after this. Mike will now go on to play Rachel Cushing for the Intergeekdom title at San Diego Comic-Con, but I do not believe that this is the last time that we see Smets and Kalinowski face off. It'll happen again. You count, count my words, it will happen again. All right. And going into the, uh, the 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 post interviews, you know, Mike was very emotional. You could you could see it. He he, he started to, to, to tear up. He you know he cried a bit. And you know what? I get it. You know, it, it's very emotional. You know, it's it's he as he has talked about numerous times. You know, he he tends to be looked at as the underdog most of the time. You know, he's he's proven himself in this league. He's been the champion in this league. And yet, you know, a new guy comes in and people still, you know, under undervalue him. And you know what? I guess I did it. I did it as well. You know, I I, I really I really believed that Smets, you know, had his number. But uh, you know, I guess sometimes uh, experience really pays off. You know, being here a, a lot longer and, and doing this game a lot longer in these high pressure you know situations really paid off. I think. Um, and, and so I, I totally get why uh, he he got so emotional. So uh, I, 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 I kind of like seeing that from him. It's nice to see that this game means that much to, to him. You know, it's, it, it's not just a game to, to these people, you know. It's, it's a way of life, you know. You could think of it that way. It's... And, and that's how it should be. It should be taken as seriously as any sport, you know, as any competition. You know, you want to win, you, you train, and you, and you build your knowledge base 
so that you can compete and win and show that you have what it takes to be on the top. And yeah, you know, getting emotional when you're able to prove that you have what it takes to be on the top. I I I, I totally get that. And it's it's well warranted and I I'm so thrilled for Mike. Uh like I you know, like I said, I was rooting for for Kevin, but I've always been in Mike's corner for a very long time. I've been rooting for Mike Kalinowski. Even way back in the day when everybody was calling him, you know, uh, white bread and vanilla pudding and all that stuff. You know, I still had his back. I love, you know, DC movie news and everything. I, I kind of modeled uh, the DC Comics news uh, podcast that, that I run after that show because it, they they do such a great job and he's so fantastic on it so you know he, he he's a bit of an inspiration and so it, it is definitely nice to see uh him be able to come out on top here uh a- after everything so that I, I was very very thrilled in general like i said i, I was a little bummed because i did want to see Kaiser, uh, you know, continue that streak. He was just dominating, and I just kind of wanted to see that 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 streak go on and and just tear through because I knew that that Smets and and, and Cushing would have just a phenomenal match. Um, but you know, I I still think Mike and and Rachel will. They always do. They always have great matches, uh, and I think. You know, them facing off for the, I think it's the fourth time, the third in Inner Geekdom, but the fourth overall, I believe. It, it's going to be something special, you know. This is this is it, you know. Mike needs needs this, you know. He's He's got a lot on the line reputation-wise here, and I believe he really does need need to win this. Um, And, and I got to say, seeing at the end of the match, seeing Mike and Kevin hug at the end, that was... That was something special, uh, you know. They they respect one another a lot. You know, they they both have these crazy training routines where they you know they study the way they study and stuff, and they they understand each other. You know, they're they're very similar, and they they like I said they understand each other. So it was really it was a it was a heartwarming moment. I absolutely loved it. So I I'd like to see more stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I really, I really dug that. You can see Smets was Smets was devastated, um, but you know, there's nothing to hang your head on, man. You did fantastic. Yeah, you know, mistakes happen. You pick yourself up and you move on. You know, you got uh, look at look at John Roca. He is one of the best players in this league. Mount Rushmore uh, 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 status for this guy, and he's got he's got uh, uh, Bespin. He's got. Jane Fonda, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff, you know, there's, there's blemishes, you know, on his record, but this guy, he picks himself up by his bootstraps, he dusts himself off, and he fights harder to get back on top and to, and to get away from those, from those blemishes, you know, it's like, yeah, people may still joke about Bespin or, or Jane Fonda and stuff like that, but he proves time and time again why he deserves to, to still be in this league. You know, he he's a fantastic competitor. And so and so is Kevin Smith. And I think that he that's what he needs to do, you know. Take a rest, 
come back, dust yourself off, and hit the books, and get back to training, hit that dungeon, and uh, you'll come back better than ever, man. You know, you can't, they say you can't truly appreciate, you know, the good things in life without the bad, so you can't really appreciate the beauty of a win without feeling the, the, the heartbreak of a loss, so... Now that you felt that, you'll be even hungrier to come back and 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 just and hit those wins and climb back up and take that title. I I I believe it will happen. I believe that he is a future Intergeekdom champion. I have no question about it. It's gonna happen. Uh, also, I have to say uh, during the post interview, Mike chugging a can of Orange Crush. You know, kind of like poking a little bit at the crusher at Rachel I thought that was brilliant and uh, 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 Jen kind of poking at him about product placement not having the label out that was also uh, pretty funny but yeah that, that was great I, I love that so uh, it was good to see him kind of joking around like that and obviously you know he brought that just in case because you never know because I mean what would have had you wouldn't have been using it otherwise if uh, if you had lost so obviously he, he was confident and then he brought that because of that. So. so we are going to head into match number three. We are halfway through this crazy event. A lot of stuff going on. You know, hop into uh, onto Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. Hashtag Talkin' Schmodown. T-A-L-K-I-N Schmodown. Talkin' Schmodown. And uh, let me know, out of these two matches so far, what was your favorite? You know, you had the Manager Bowl. You had the Inner Geekdom. Which one did you like the best? And did your picks uh, 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 make you know win the match? Uh, so, so far, neither of my two picks have had won their matches uh, going uh, going forward or going into uh, here. Uh, I had John Roca winning uh, the Manager Bowl, and I had obviously, as I've said, uh, Kevin Smets winning Inner Geekdom. Neither of them, to you know, took the win, but. Who knows what'll happen in the future. Uh, but going into match number three, my luck turns around because my pick for match number three is the winner. Uh, so match number three is Liz Shannon Miller versus Paul Oyama in a singles division number one contender match. Uh, Liz came out first. No flair, just right to it, which I you know I can respect that. You know, not everybody needs you know a big entrance or anything like that. So I, I like that. She just comes out. You know, does her thing, waves, everything, sits down, gets ready. Then Paul comes out uh, second with the dungeon. Like I said, with, with the other two competitors, with Eric Zipper, with Kevin Smets, the entire dungeon comes out because they are there for their crew. And I love it. The dungeon is a family. Not the family, but a family. <laughs> but I, I absolutely love seeing them all just come out together to support their, their members. You know, Kaiser had... Hell of um, uh, 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 an event this, to, you know, during this uh, this time, he had three competitors, all three competitors in, in three separate matches. I mean, it, it was Kaiser time here. So far, he hadn't been able to capitalize, but uh, let's see what happens here. So we get into round number one. Uh, Paul Oyama, he does extremely well here. Uh, he ends up with seven out of his uh, possible eight points. Liz Shannon Miller, however, not so good. Only landing four out of eight. 
Um, one of the questions, she wrote down uh, World of Warcraft instead of just Warcraft. Unfortunately, you don't get that uh, you know, that answer. A little too much information can hit you. It's it's very similar to the um, you know, like Changeling, the Changeling. It's like got to get the title right kind of a thing and and the movie wasn't called World of Warcraft. It's just called Warcraft. So, uh, unfortunately, she was not able to get the points there. Um, blew through some JTE rules, not, you know, and didn't get the answer correct, unfortunately, later on in that round. Honestly, if you can't get it, if you're in round one and you use a JTE rule and you still can't get it, move on. Because you're probably not going to get it. Don't blow through two JTE rules in round one. I just, that's never a good sign to me. So, because you may need them later on. You know, it's, it's just, it, you may need them. This was a really rough round for Liz Shannon Miller. Uh, like the the match, the round ended seven to four in favor of, of Paulo Yama. Four points is is not a good place to be after round one. Uh, so we get into round number two. Paul defers, uh, and Liz spins comedy and decides to stay. Uh, she nails three out of her four questions for five total points. Misses number three after going to multiple choice. And Paul is able to steal one extra point, ending uh, that portion of the round eight to nine in favor of Liz. It was a decent round for her, uh, but that steal did kind of hurt a bit. Um, you, you know, when 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 you're already down by three, you don't want your opponent to get any steals in round two um, because it, it makes it that much more difficult for you to catch up. Uh, so, like I said, she, she's in the lead, but only by one point, and Paul still has his four questions to go. Uh, so, Paul spins Scarlett Johansson, respins, and lands on uh, Kurt Russell, which we apparently find out during the post-show that um, Kaiser had been quizzing them, and they went through, like, I think he said like 40 Kurt Russell questions or something like that before the match. So I thought that was kind of crazy. You know, he landed on Kurt Russell. You know, they had just been studying it. So, and I mean, that happened with, with Kalinowski as well. He he talked about um, how he, with his five-point question, uh, they had just went over those Star Trek movies with that composer, uh, you know, and how many, you know, what he had done and everything. So, literally right before the match so you know it was still fresh in his mind same goes here uh and you know it's it's all about the luck what you're studying how you're doing it and i believe they get to see what's on the wheel you know beforehand so they're able to kind of like maybe do a little quick refresh before the match uh, of the categories that are on there and that's a great strategy it absolutely is uh if, if if people aren't doing that then that's a detriment to them you know they really should be doing stuff like that uh, so Paul goes on to answer all four of his questions. Uh, he only went to multiple choice once, so he was able to get seven out of eight total points, ending round two, 15 to 19. Liz Shannon Miller is down by six at the end of round two, which is uh, almost uh, an insurmountable uh, amount to, to get over. I don't, you have to talk to Frankie Numbers over at the Schmodown Rundown, but I, I don't know how many people have ever come back. From a six-point deficit, I'm sure it's probably happened, but it's it's rare, if 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 ever. Um, yeah, that's that's not something that most people can come back from. So we get into round number three. Uh, Liz hits her two, but misses her three. 
uh, and then goes on to hit her five, luckily, uh, because if she had missed her five, it would have been a TKO for Liz uh, Shannon Miller. Uh, so it, it's forced back over to Paul Oyama. Okay, so at, before Paul answers his two-point question, uh, the score is 15-16. to 16. So Liz is up by one point, and Paul just needs to answer one question, and, and he'll take it. And he does right here with his two-point question. Paul Oyama wins the match and will now go on to face uh, Dan Merle for the singles title. Uh, we f- I found out uh, actually just earlier today that that match will actually take place on July 19th on that Friday right before the uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con Intergeekta match. Uh, they'll be airing the uh, apparently the Dan Merle-Paul Oyama title match. Uh, will happen uh, July nineteenth. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty interested to see how that all goes down. Yes, Faith. And Liz may have struck out here, but I gotta say, you know, she 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 talked about it. She'll return for the tournament, and you know, I'm still excited to see what she can do. Um, I know everybody kind of touted her as like the next Ethan Irwin. You know, she, you know, it's touted that she knows more than Ethan, even Ethan Irwin knows, but she hasn't really shown that yet. Um, maybe she's just getting used to things here and the way the game works. Um, it was, you know, it's like John Schnepp back in the day, you know, rest in peace, big guy. Uh, you know, he was a super knowledgeable dude, knew a lot of stuff, but I think when it came down to the Schmodown kind of being right there, sometimes his recall wasn't the best. Um, and it didn't seem like he was going to dig for it too much. He was just kind of cool about it and kind of aloof about the game, which is fine. Hey, you know, that was kind of the charm of him, man. I loved watching watching Josh Net play. But um, you know, so sometimes, you know, you may have a wealth of knowledge, but you may not be able to recall everything uh when you're when you're under the pressure of something like this. So that may be the case with Liz, I don't know. Um but as of right now, you know, she you know, unfortunately she has not lived up to the uh the you know Next Ethan or the moniker of next, the next Ethan Irwin, uh, you know. So hopefully she'll be able to do better in the tournament. We'll see. Um, I'd love to see like Liz Shannon Miller, you know, doing well and, and kind of branching out and finally making a name for herself, going up against like Janine the Machine, you know, really hit. I think that'd be fantastic. I'd love to see that be like the final, you know. How awesome would Liz Shannon Miller and Janine the Machine be? I think you know people who you may not necessarily think are going to make it to the end but who definitely i think deserve that shot to get there and have uh, uh, more knowledge than people may give credit for uh in the end um also i i i have said this a lot since he's debuted i don't really like paul oyama and i don't th- this is the character i don't like the character of paul oyama i don't know the person of Paul Oyama, so I don't know if he's like his character in real life or not. So I cannot judge the person. But as far as the Schmodown character, uh, the competitor that we see on screen, I do not like him. 
Um, and that's fine. You know, he's a heel, and I'm sure that he he wants people to not like him. That's kind of kind of the thing when it comes to being a heel. You want to get booed. That's that. Then you know you're doing your job right. Um, and so you know, with that said, I, I may not like him, but I gotta say I respect his win, and I like that he didn't trash talk Liz. Uh, or really all that much, Dan. I mean, he apparently he did call him Danny Boy at one point, and <laughs> I don't think that's gonna sit well uh, with Merle. But he didn't. He wasn't like really trash talking him the way that uh, like Andrew Guy uh, did, you know, and, and does with people in general. Uh, also, uh, I thought it was kind of funny that uh, Jen accidentally hit Paul in the sunglasses with the mic. And Kaiser was like, you're trying to blind my guy here? <laughs> I thought it was kind of, I was like, holy jeez, what's going on here? She's just like, boop. Like, I think he was just a little too close. I think he was bent down a little too close. And when she went to raise the mic, it just clocked him. Luckily, he had sunglasses on. Otherwise, it probably would have popped him right in the eye. All right. So now we're going to head into the main event. Match number four, the Odd Couple versus the Shire Wolves in a tag team title rematch. Uh... Before I get into this final match, uh, I, I just want to say, uh, oops. Uh, I just want to give another shout out to uh, Eric from Nerd Chronic for these amazing promo videos because this Odd Couple Shire Wolves promo, this this was another one. This this was another one of my favorites for for tonight. Um, watching this one actually got me a bit emotional watching it, you know, like it, I, I was shocked. Like I usually don't get like actually emotional watching these promos, but this one got me, uh, you know, is a, it's a big match. It's an important match. These are two amazing teams four amazing competitors. It doesn't get much better than this. This, I'm so glad that this was the main event. Uh, this, Man, this was such a good this was such a good match. Both matches that the Odd Couple and the Shirewolves have had have just been amazing, uh, to say the least. And I, I really, I really think that they outdid themselves here, um, and they capped off the this event with just a fantastic, fantastic match. So the Shirewolves uh, come out first. No crazy entrance like usually. Usually they do like a big entrance, uh, costumes and stuff like that. But no, just them in their Shirewolves t-shirts, ready for business. And I really dug that. Like they, you know, they lost their titles and they were ready to come back and get them. No theatrics, just knowledge and getting in there and doing their thing. And I really dug that. Uh, the odd couple came out second with Roxy, and then Jeff comes out wearing this like weird rainbow dress, blowing bubbles. He cracks me up with these crazy odd, you know, quote odd entrances. Uh, you know, I, I have really grown to love watching Jeff come out. Like he he never did this cool crazy stuff when uh, when he was with the Patriots. I, I think it was Mark Andreco and them really just bringing out a f- more fun energetic side to to uh, uh jeff snyder even if it seems a little embarrassing <laughs> like if you're walking down the street with this guy you may get a little embarrassed you know it's one of those things but you know i love watching him do his thing and uh he's 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 a great competitor and he's entertaining so you know needless to say hey i gotta i gotta say 
I love the guy. So we hop into round number one. And for the most part, this is a pretty solid round. Uh, you know, we got... I froze up again. One, one, one. Finish. <clears throat> we had both Mark and Jeff uh, getting six uh, out of eight points. Rachel was seven, almost getting that perfect round. But unfortunately, Clark Wolf, I don't know what was going on uh, with her today during this round. She only got two points out of, you know, a total of eight, two points. Luckily, you know, Rachel did as well as she did. But, you know, at the end of round one, they're down by three. It's 12 to nine going into round two. Uh, and that is that's a rough place to be. You know, it's, it's, not, where, it's not where you want to be. It's just not. So we get into round two. Odd Couple goes first, and they spin Leonardo DiCaprio, and they decide to stay with it. Uh, and they get five out of their six questions for ten total points, uh, but they do miss uh, one of their questions. They, they go multiple choice, aren't able to get it, uh, and the Shire Wolves nab a one-point steal, ending that portion of round two, 22 to 10. Uh, if the if the Shire Wolves are able to sweep their round, they could tie it, uh, and they almost do this. Uh, so they go up, they spin Festival Darlings, decide to respin, which I think is a good a, a good uh, a good idea. Festival Darlings, it's only been up there a couple of times. It's only been you uh, 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 chosen a couple of times, or uh, spun a couple of times, I should say. Um, so theoretically, you know, it shouldn't be too deep. But the thing about it is, it's you don't know what movies it's gonna be. It's these, you know, it's Festival Darlings. These could be kind of obscure movies. You don't know. It could be not so obscure movies. But the safer bet is to kind of move away from a category like that, unless you're forced to take it. So they do. They respin and they land on directors, which is I think a good a good choice for them because they are able to get all six of their questions for a total of eleven points they had to go to multiple choice once uh ending round two 22 to 21 in favor of the odd couple um so like i said they almost were able to get that tie if they hadn't had to go to multiple choice they would have tied the game there at the end of round two but hey you know they went from a three-point deficit to a one-point deficit and i think that's damn good uh so now after seeing that round one where Clark not doing so great, you know, it's good to see a round like this. This is the Shire Wolves that I know, you know. You know, only one point behind, but, you know, anything can happen in, in the next two rounds. You got the betting round, the speed round, and anything can happen in those rounds, so, as we will see coming up. Uh, so we go into the betting round, and the category, just like in their first match, mixed bag. As we'll see going going toward the end, this was kind of a mirrored match to uh, to to what we saw the first time. Uh, so we get mixed bag. Question was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, who plays popular senior Brad Hamilton? Uh, they they both wager two points, and they both get the question correct for two total points, uh, ending round three, twenty four to twenty three. Uh, you know, so it's just it's just going it's just going back and forth. These are top tier uh, teams right here, man. 
They are some of the best that we will that we are have seen that we are seeing, and I gotta say I am thrilled that Mark and Jeff and Roxy got teamed up during Anarchy because they have become one of my favorite teams uh, in, in the Schmodown. I am so so happy to see what they have been able to do. So we get into round four. It's the speed round. Charwolves nab the first two. Uh, the odd couple nab the last two. But it's that middle question. Uh, Andraco answers before the question is fully asked. He says uh, the equalizer. But if he had heard the whole question, he would have known that it was the equalizer two. They wanted to know what the sequel was, the 2018 film. Uh, but he, like I said, he didn't finish. Jeff tried to challenge but was unsuccessful. I think, I think he challenged because he wasn't... He misunderstood what like the question was going to be, because um, like they said it, but I think he misunderstood what the question was going to be, um, and, and and so he challenged it. Which you know what? Hey, that's fine. That's what it's there for. You do your thing. But uh, yeah, so they lost the point there, causing them to tie at the end of round four. This is exactly what happened uh, in their last match. And Draco kind of botched a question in the speed round. He he buzzed in and then had a brain fart and wasn't able to get the, the answer out, causing them to you know lose a point. And then it went tied at the end of round four, just like it is right now going into round five. So we get into round five. Clark takes the two-pointer and unfortunately misses. Then uh, goes over to the odd couple. Mark takes a two and gets it. Uh, Rachel and Jeff both hit their threes, and then it comes down to the five-point questions. Shire Wolves get their five-point question, and they nail it. And so if the odd couple hits their five, they will walk away with the titles. They will retain their titles yet again, uh, you know, walking away with the titles. But if they miss, the Shire Wolves will become the first two-time champion, two-time tag team champions. And that is exactly what happens. The odd couple's unable to answer their five-point question, and they end the game 30-33 to in favor of the Shirewolves. Holy shit. The Shirewolves regained their titles. I was This was a freaking wild match. I, I, I can't believe how similar... This match was to their first one. And it just shows how good and how evenly matched these two teams really are. It was it was something else. Uh, the Shirewolves are the only team to win the title twice. And now Clark joins Jeff Snyder as the only players to win two uh, tag team titles. Uh, this was definitely uh, a mirror uh, of their first match. And and I, I really I really dug it. I, I really really dug. Wait, hold on. That's not correct because Rachel has won it twice. Whatever. The Shire Wolves uh, have, are now officially the only team to win 
the title twice. That that is impressive. It's like yes, technically you have to to lose in order to win it twice, but the whole thing about that is it's like you look at the Patriots, right? They they went on this nine win uh, streak, and then they lost the titles to above the line. But then they had a rematch because if you defend it more than you know, if you defend it two or more times, you get an automatic rematch when you lose. They were unable to capitalize on the second match against. Uh, above, you know, the well, I guess technically the third match against above the line, they were unable to win it back from them, and so you know, they they, they never they never got that opportunity to be uh, double you know two time title holders uh, when it came to that. Uh, Jeff did get that that opportunity once he won it with the odd couple, but uh, yeah, the the Patriots never did get to there, so. Uh, it is an impressive feat, you know. Like I've said before, it's it's not about just winning all the time, you know. It's also about how you take your losses and how you're able to bounce back from those losses. Um, I, I gotta say, I agree with Jeff. Uh, he said during the post interviews that he's really looking forward to the rubber match to to round three, Shire Wolves Odd Couple three. Uh, I me too. This is. These matches so far have all have both been exceptional. Uh, all matches should aspire to be this good. They really should. Nail biter and just fantastic. Uh, a little hiccup from Clark at the beginning, but the fact that Clark had two two points in round one and they were able to pull it out and win, that's incredible. You know, so that just shows how how good they really are. Um, so yeah. Uh, I I I loved it. It was it was fan fantastic. So And that wraps up everything for the actual event for all four matches of the collision. It was a fantastic match or fantastic show, uh, a fantastic event. Christian put on a hell of a show. I, uh, I, you know, I've been loving season six. It's definitely like they like they keep touting it. It's the magic season. <laughs> it has been something special, uh, and I'm excited to see what they do in the in the latter half of this year. Uh, so we get into the post show. They did, you know, like I said, they did a pre-show. They did a post show. Uh, it's set up on the same uh, set as as the pre-show at the Inside Schmodown set with Ken and Emma there again. Uh, the quality definitely better this time around. A little bit of you know some some hiccups here and there, but uh, overall the quality, the, especially the sound quality, was was a lot better uh, during the post show. So first up, they had the Shire Wolves, uh, Rachel. She, she, she's more focused on teams. She talks about this a little bit. Uh, she, she's more focused on teams and her geekdom and less so on, on the singles, uh, which I totally understand. Um, yeah, I would love to see her become the, the triple champ, you know, but it, she, she needs to focus. You don't want to be, you know, all of a sudden focusing on the singles lead and then lose it on the other two divisions and loser titles. You know, you want to at least keep, you know, you know, I understand being a triple champ would be fantastic, 
Well, being a double champ is pretty damn good, too. And you want to be able to keep those titles. Um, and, you know, something was brought up. It's like, are are the Shire Wolves the greatest of all, te- all, all time? Uh, are they the GOAT team? Um, you know, and I feel like it's probably between them and the Patriots. The fact that they are now uh, double champs, that definitely puts a you know a strike like a win in their column for it. Um, I think that if they can defend again, maybe win another match or two, I think that it'll be solid. Uh, if they can if they can hit the uh, the record, you know, just get up to that nine wins as a team. Um, I I I think that's it. I think you got it. You know, if you can defend it again and not just lose it at your next time, if you can defend it a second time, um, I think that they have the strongest chance of being the uh, of being called the greatest team of all time, the G tote, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the gatote, uh, the totes magotes. That's 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 totally what they'll they'll be. But yeah, uh, so I I. I I definitely think that they are, at minimum, one of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, then they had Mark Ellis come out. Uh, the game has definitely changed since his heyday. Uh, he even says, you know, back when he played, all he needed was his wits and a carrot costume. And, you know, it's true. Uh, it, it wasn't as crazy competitive as it is now. Uh, but that's how it evolves. That's the evolution of the game. And that's why player, like, older players... They kind of they kind of fall to the wayside like that, you know. If you can't keep up, like Roca has been able to keep up, you know, and Dan has been able to uh, learn how to keep up and has has done that, you know. So that I, I like that. Um, you find you find out something interesting about Emma here. Apparently, Emma rotates through three different pairs of glasses, uh, you know, depending on the outfit, um, which I just thought was fascinating. I because you know I wear glasses. Uh, I have two pairs of glasses myself, but I only use one. Uh, the other I keep as a backup, just in case the first pair gets broken or lost or you know anything like that. Because you know I- I've gone through glasses before, and uh, I've always tried to have two pairs because inevitably I'll end up breaking the first one. <coughs> then we get to John Roca. He comes out next. And they talk a bit about uh, you know all the the spinners' choice lands. I think they're. I think it ended up being four spinners choice uh, throughout this thing. That's that's crazy. F- you know, four spinners choices throughout this entire uh, event. That's just wild to me. I've been talking pretty steadily for the last hour and a half. <clears throat> I also found it interesting that Emma actually wanted to see Tom be in charge. She wanted to see what he would do in charge since he's been kind of fighting for this for a long time. You know, like back when Brand was doing her thing, uh, trying to get Tom in there for like, a, I think it was like a week or something like that. Uh, yeah, back when the Patreon was first kind of really getting going. Um, yeah, so I think it would have been interesting too. But, you know, the family 
will definitely be interesting. Uh, you know, I guess we'll I guess we'll kind of see what happens there. And Mike Kalinowski comes out next. Uh, I love how much Mike just loves this game, and and how he just gives gives all the props to Kevin Smets. You know, he's a humble dude when he's not you know in his KO character, in his uh, killer character. Uh, you know, he he really is, and he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Uh, and and uh, you know, like a, the kind of guy who you, who would be awesome to like hang out with. You know, that kind of thing. He just seems like a genuinely nice and, and, and awesome dude. Uh, and so it's nice to see that once in a while when it comes to the Schmodown. And even though I was, like I said, I was betting on, on Smets to win, I'm not upset that Mike did, and I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him face off against Rachel once again uh, for the Inner Geekdom title at uh, San Diego Comic-Con in like three weeks. So that'll be that'll be awesome. Um, then William Bibiani comes out next. Uh, he is doing such a fantastic job running TriviaSD.com. Man, if you're not checking out the articles and stuff over there, head on over. TriviaSD.com. They put out stuff all the time. Great articles, breakdowns of matches, of, you know, uh, things that could be, you know, coming, of uh, fantasy things. Uh, Janine has, like, a weekly post on there. It's, it's They do some awesome stuff. They also do, like, all the rankings, and they do uh, the schedule. They keep that updated. Uh, I think weekly he updates that. So yeah, you got to be checking that out. It's I go to it literally every week when I'm doing stuff notes for the show, and I check it out throughout the week as well. But like I go there every single week when I'm doing notes for the show to check the schedule and check, uh, you know, if there's any big news that I may have missed, anything like that. I always go in and check TriviaSD.com. So you should be doing that as well. And I really hope we get to see a critically acclaimed run this season. I hope they do the team tournament uh, and just crush it. I absolutely love seeing them. And we don't get to see enough of Whitney, to be honest with you. I like that he finally started doing some single stuff. But in general, you don't get to see enough of him. And I love both of them. Uh, I listen to their podcasts. And uh, they they do some great stuff. and, And I hope that we get to see more of them. Next up is uh, a guy who I don't care for, but uh, Mr. Paul Oyama. This dude needs to get either speak up or move closer to the damn mic. He was sitting so far back, I could barely hear him. I don't know what was going on here, but uh, something they needed to move that either move that chair closer or he needed to talk a little bit louder because it was very difficult to hear what he was saying. Uh, you know, and like I said, even though I don't like him, I do think he's got a serious shot against uh, Dan Merle. Uh, but he's gonna have to really bring it. You know, you don't want any missteps when you're going up against a guy like Merle. Uh, you know, you don't want to be getting a six or, you know, you don't want to get a six-point round, first round. You know, you want to make sure you get a seven, preferably an eight-point first round with that bonus question. You, you want to get ahead. You want to be ahead at the end of round one. So study, 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 dude. You want to make sure that you get that title, then you make sure you study, study, study and bring it home for the, for the dungeon. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if you got it quite yet, but uh, hey, I guess we'll see. Come uh, July 19th, we will see whether or not you've got it. Sam Levine comes out next. Uh, he is the singles commissioner, as you all may know. And now he will be uh, being ran by the family and Robert Meyer Burnett along with uh, Emma Fife there. So that'll be interesting to see how he deals with that. Um, I love that Sam has stuck around the Schmodown in a non-player role after he uh, retired 
from from play, I, I didn't think we'd see him anymore. Maybe once in a great while he'd pop up or do maybe an exhibition match here and there. But I, I, I never thought we'd see him as the commissioner. So th- I love that because I love seeing Sam. He's such a cool dude and he's got... I love his personality on the show and everything. So I just love seeing him uh, pop up here. Um, he, he even says himself, he's like, he won't be returning to active play. He has no plans to do that anytime. Uh, really, he, he, he got out of the game for a reason, and uh, he's happy where he is. Uh, I hope we do get to maybe see him do some more like exhibition matches here and there. But yeah, seeing him uh, not in active play, that's okay. That's, like I said before, I'm glad he at least stuck around. Uh, so we do get to see him do something. So I, I like that. Um, oh, and also a fan referred to his role uh, on that se- referenced his role on that '70s show with the uh, the lightsaber bit, and I just cracked up because it was like the last thing before he left. Uh, Emma and Ken didn't understand it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that that's referencing uh, my role on that '70s show." And then he just took off, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's fa-. like I understood it, and it was fantastic." And then he said it, and I uh, I loved it. It was great because I love that show. Uh, that 70 show is one of my favorites. So, uh, Next up is Kaiser. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorite personalities on, on the show now. Uh, he's, he's definitely working his way up there for uh, possible manager of the year. I really think uh, at the moment that it's between him and Roxy. But let's see what Burnett can do. You know, let's see what Robert Meyer Burnett can do in this month. If he can do some stuff that really impresses me, really, you know, shows me, you know, that he he's got the stones for all this, uh, and and let's see how the how his team does, uh, his his faction does uh, for the rest of the year. You know, you never know. He could be that uh, that dark horse pick coming in. You never know. Uh, and also, I agree with Emma. I love that he stands by his players no matter what. It's like, you know, how we saw during this event, all three matches that had a member of the dungeon, every him and every member of the dungeon came out with them to support their teammate. And I love that. I think that's fantastic. You know, uh, it really shows like a brotherhood, you know, a family kind of mentality. And, and, I, and I love it. I, I really hope that that continues. Uh, the next person to come out was Jen Sturger. She's such a fantastic interviewer. I'm so glad that they were able to get her uh, to essentially take over the the backstage. You almost you almost never see anybody else do backstage uh, interviews. It's very very rare to see anybody else do anything backstage. Uh, so uh, I and she's so good at it. I'm so glad that we get uh, got Jen Sturger to do this. Um, and she is awesome on the mic. And funny as hell. So, you know, she 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 has a lot of uh, experience doing stuff like this from her time, you know, working in the, the wrestling industry. And I th- she's also a comedian, like a stand-up comedian as well. So, you know, her being comfortable on the mic and being funny and all that, that it makes sense. It, it, really, it, it, it totally makes sense, and, and I love it. Um, our second to last guest uh, for the post show was Tom Dagnino. He is such a crazy character, man. I love this guy. I, I used to, I couldn't stand him for such a long time. And then he really just kind of grew on me. Just like uh, Jeff Snyder, he really kind of grew on me as well. Um, 
but yeah, I love that he's taken this like face turn and it really works for him. You know, his he's got this kind of like almost like mysterious cockiness about him, but you know, it's just him. It's it's not really it's not him being cocky, it's just Tom being Tom. And I really dig that. I, I like that he's not doing Finstock anymore. He's just Tom Degnino. And I, I really like that a lot. And then our final uh, guest was the uh, chairman himself, Christian Harloff. Uh, he talks about how he uh, really wants to expand the Schmodown in a big, bad way. You know, things like a TV uh, a TV Schmodown, a sports Schmodown, a wrestling Schmodown, stuff like that. Uh, you know, how they need a bigger, they need their own studio, really, to do a lot of this stuff. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to do that. I, I gotta say, this is one of the things that I've always talked about. Like, if I if I were to win the lottery, like if I were to win, like, the, the Powerball, and I had, like, $200 million, something crazy like that, I'd set aside, like, 10 or 15, you know, in a separate account, and I would essentially fund the Schmodown for like a decade, you know, give them like a million or so every year for, for a decade, uh, and just kind of see, see how it goes from there. That that's the kind of thing I would love to be able to do. Obviously, you know, it's kind of a pipe dream, but it's something that I would love to do because this is a product. Because this is a, this is a product that I absolutely love, you know. It, it's it's become a big part of my life, and I would love to be able to give back more than just the fifteen bucks a month that I'm able to right now. So, uh, he also announced, you know, they've got uh, four live, uh, big live events left coming up. We've got the San Diego Comic Con live event. Uh, they're doing a New York live event in uh, August. Then in September, they'll be doing a live event in Arizona. And then uh, finally in October, their last one will be in Orlando. So uh, make sure to head over to theschmodownlive.com. Get your tickets for uh, any of the available events that they have up right now that you would like to go and see. Uh, Chris said his goal for next year is for 12 to 16 live shows. So, you know, a minimum of one per month. So it's like essentially the way I'm looking at it, you got one per month plus like the four, you know, four big ones. So you've got uh, the spectacular, you've got the free for all, you've got the collision, and then maybe like one other really big one. I know they've been talking about stuff, maybe like some sort of like Survivor Series style one because the spectacular is their WrestleMania, the free for all is their uh, their Royal Rumble. Uh, the collision, I guess, is kind of more like their SummerSlam. It's, you know, it's, it's set during the summer. So they, they, they really need like a Survivor Series type of an event. And I think there are definitely ways to do a Survivor Series style match. Um, maybe have, you know, you got two teams of five competitors, okay? So you've got, you start them off one, one-on-one. Maybe you have a certain number of questions. Uh, maybe you're doing 10 questions, okay? And whoever comes out on top, or who, who, yeah, whoever, whoever gets the lowest number or amount of points is out. And then the next player from that team comes in. And it just goes until there's one team left, and that team is the winner. You know, I, I, I think that could be interesting 
it could be done. Um, it, it'd be kind of essentially like an Iron Man style where you're just answering questions. Um, but instead of just, you know, those two people the entire time, you got five people and it's cycling out like every 10, maybe 15 questions, something like that. I think that would be fascinating, really. Um, I, I, I'd love to see something like that. Uh, so they also he also announced that they have a new wheel coming. Uh, it's apparently already built. Uh, it was supposed to be here for the collision, but it wasn't able to get there. Um, but it is on the way, apparently. Uh, so that that'll be awesome. They got a new wheel coming. I'm excited to see what it looks like uh, and everything like that. Um, I also I gotta say I love all of the uh, Collider live shoutouts that they that we got uh, via the live chat. Like the, uh, it's an illusion, fuck you, that was hilarious, and Christian just started laughing uh, when, uh, when when those came up, and I, I thought it was awesome, I really enjoyed it. Um, and on a side note, uh, I, I, uh, before, as I was prepping uh, to record, I was kind of finalizing my notes, uh, I, I decided to hit up Christian's Twitter and kind of see if there was anything last minute that I needed to, to pop in here, any, any news that kind of hit. And there was one thing that he posted that I was like, this has to go in. I have to mention it. And he it is that Christian has officially announced that uh, he has decided that Robert Meyer Burnett's reign over the league will begin starting July 15th. So... July 15th, so two weeks from now, uh, Robert Meyer Burnett and the family's reign over the league that it will start then, and then it will be a month from that. Uh, so this will encompass the, uh, the the San Diego Comic-Con live event. So I'm interested to see if something crazy happens during that. They have not finalized the uh, uh, undercard yet for that, so maybe something will happen there. I, you know, I'm interested to see... Uh, where it all, you know, what all goes down for that. What's up, Faith? It just opened. Okay, hold on. I'm coming. Oh, my back hurts. Are you dying yet? Almost. <coughs> hey, my, my talk is dying you all the time. I know. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm almost done. I probably just got... Mama, poo poo blah blah. Papa is a poop head. Papa is a poop head.
All right, and that wraps everything up for, for this amazing event, the Schmodown Collision 3. Such a great event. Please, everybody, hop on to Twitter, at MovieBlogMerk. Use the hashtag uh, TalkinSchmodown, T-A-L-K-I-N, Schmodown, TalkinSchmodown, and tell me, what was your favorite match of the night? Was it the Manager Bowl? Was it the uh, Inner Geek um, uh, number one contenders match? Was it the singles number one contender match? Or was it that amazing tag team title match uh, between the Shire Wolves and the Odd Couple? Let me know on Twitter. Please follow me there and check out my other podcasts there. We've got uh, uh, all kinds of good stuff there. We've got the After Live podcast, which is the uh, unofficial Collider Live After Show. Uh, and just started a brand new one called Go Get That Rose. It is a Bachelor, Bachelorette uh, uh, kind of recap show where uh, two of the hosts from After Live, are, you know, they got together and uh, they're just sharing their love of The Bachelor. One of them's kind of new to it, so it's kind of awesome to hear his take on things. Uh, so it's Sarah and Jay Wade over on Go Get That Rose talking Bachelor Nation for all you uh, fans of that. So be sure to check out all that stuff. Uh, and next week on Talking Schmodown, as I uh, said a little bit earlier, this uh, this upcoming week is the week of Janine the Machine. Uh, we've got the uh, tag team match of the Time Machines uh, versus Paddington 2. So it's Janine uh, the Machine and Ethan Irwin versus uh, Paddington 2, which I believe is uh, Matt Adgety and Alonzo Duralde. Uh, then we have Janine the Machine on Friday. On that on Friday we have Janine the Machine versus Mike Kalinowski, and then we have also Inside Schmodown with you guessed it, Janine the Machine. That's right. So be sure to check us out again next week when I cover everything in the week of Janine. Uh, also coming up, uh, we have the Disney Pixar exhibition match, which is up right now for the ten dollar patrons. Up on Patreon, so be sure to check that out. Uh, as I said, July 19th, Dan Merle versus Paul Oyama. You don't want to miss that. It's the title match. Uh, then we also have the following day on that Saturday, July 20th, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, Rachel Cushing versus Mike Kalinowski for the Inner Geekdom title and a to-be-determined undercard match. Uh, then we also have uh, uh, upcoming in August, we have the New York Live show, uh, which Christian has said, uh, will be two matches. Most likely, uh, one of them will be either uh, the number one versus number 16 seed or the number two versus number 15 seed match uh, for the uh, singles tournament. And the main event will either be a number one contenders match or a title match. So uh, we will see what happens there. I'll let you know when that's all finalized and everything. Uh, I will obviously tell you uh, then. 
Uh, also coming up in September is the as I said the Arizona live show, and then in October is the Orlando live show. So make sure to head on over to theschmodownlive.com to get all your tickets for uh, any of the upcoming events that are available at the moment. Uh, so thank you again for joining me today. I know I've been talking for like a little over an hour and a half here. I'm sweating. I gotta turn my air conditioner back on because. Uh, I can't really record when it's on because it's way too loud and it's right next to my uh, my computer. So uh, it, it, it'd be way too loud for to, to hear anything. So I am going to go and do that. Please be sure to uh, hop onto social media. I am on uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube at Merc with a Movie Blog, and on Instagram and Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. I am most active over on on Twitter. So please be sure to follow me. At Movie Blog Merc on Twitter. That's uh, M O V I E B L O G M E R C. Movie Blog Merc on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, be sure to follow me there and comment anything you need. Hashtag Talking Schmodown. Uh, also, please be sure to check out all of the other podcasts on the Merc with the Movie Blog Podcast Network. Uh, like I said, we have this one, Talking Schmodown. We also have After Live, the unofficial Collider Live After Show. And go get that Rose uh, Bachelor Nation podcast. So be sure to check all that out. We are on all the major podcast platforms on uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I will be uh, moving over to Anchor soon. So keep an eye out for that as well. So thank you yet again for joining me for this episode of Talking Schmodown. I have been Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown. <laughs>